0: It's time for the Hammer Down Show with Jared Jusselaitis.
1: Oh, yes. And what was that beginning, middle, and end part again?
0: Streaming online at 1017 thehammercom All right, sounds good. Let's do this.
1: were upset, thought that maybe Izzo just walked on the court there and uh, didn't call the timeout in time. I'd like to hear from him what he thinks uh, and what he saw. So that's all coming up here in just a little bit. Uh, Also, got tickets for you. Speaking of Michigan State, I got a pair right here. They are sold out for Mackey on Sunday, January the 29th. But I got a pair for you to win. Text me a good boiler up to 765-447-4080. That's Boiler Up. Text it to 765 447 4080. I will get you in the running here and I will draw out the winner at the end of the show. That's Boiler Up The 765 447 4080. Purdue, Michigan State, Mackey Arena next Sunday night. I want you to go. I want to get your face to place there. It's sold out. I got the tickets for you, alright? So hit me up there on the uh, Blue Fox Heating Cooling Hammerhead text line and uh, we will get you your shot. Let's start out with the Need to Know News. Here's your Need to
0: Know News.
1: The Purdue University Board of Trustees approved a new name change for the camping course. It will now be the Camping Kosler course at the Brick Boilermaker Golf Complex. That's right. Approved uh, last month along with several renovations, updates at the complex including naming the upcoming clubhouse facility after uh, Pete Dye. Also, recent renovations uh, to the uh, new bunkers at Campin. All sounds great. All looks good. Still going to lose at least a bucket of balls every season out there on that course. But I keep coming back because it's gorgeous, and I love it. So all this is being made possible thanks to the generosity of Purdue Athletic supporters, including former golf alumni Steve Kostler and his wife, Um, So, uh, yeah, that's the new naming. We'll further recognize and honor their support. Very cool stuff. Rough fourth quarter for the uh, women's basketball team last night. They were taking on uh, Nebraska, and they just flat out got looked in the fourth quarter, unfortunately. 23-8. That led to a 71-64 loss for the Boilermakers. Abby Ellis with 20 points. Janae Terry with a uh, nice night because uh, with her uh, assists last evening, uh, she reaches 500 for her career, 308 as a Boilermaker. She ranks 18th in program history alongside Sydney Lamping. Cassidy Harden had a pair of three-pointers last night. She ties Jody Howell for sixth all-time in Purdue history with 188 made triples. They're going to close out a two-game homestand on Saturday afternoon. 2 p.m. tip-off uh, against Minnesota. Dang. Hate to see one get away like that, too. Rough sledding there. Uh, let's go to uh, high school hoops. There was one on the docket last night. The Mavericks uh, improved to 9-10 overall. They won their uh, back-to-back games. Three out of the last four, knocking off Garen uh, yesterday. With a 39-25 to 25 victory. Love to see that. Shout out to the Lady Mavs. Are the Colts going to play an international game? Maybe. We do know now the NFL announcing that the Buffalo Bills, Tennessee Titans, Jacksonville Jaguars, uh, Kansas City Chiefs, and the New England Patriots will each host an international game during the 2023 season. Three of those teams, Titans, Jacksonville, and New England, are all scheduled to host the Colts next season. So we've got six teams, three of them, the Colts are supposed to have road games with. So there's a chance. We'll see what happens. Nothing official just yet, but it is out there. Big 10 hoops from last night. Ohio State takes another loss, this time to Nebraska, 63-60. Five in a row for Ohio State, who started out 2-0 in league play. They now hold a 10-8 overall record as well. Danger, Will Robinson. Tonight, Rutgers and East Lansing to take on Sparty. Two and a half point road dog. Boilers, 13 and a half point favorite on the road at Minnesota. Michigan's a three point road dog at Maryland. IU, a six and a half point road dog at Illinois tonight that's an interesting matchup it's the guard play of illinois versus the uh interior against jackson davis there we'll see what happens pacers losers on the road last night 126 to 106 in okc Nebhard leading scorer for indy with 18 points pacers shot 41 percent 24 turnovers that makes five l's in a row for the blue and gold they'll regroup they're gonna head to denver tomorrow night Bulls are in action right now. They're out in Paris, France. Jay Ivey and the Pistons. So we'll have to keep an eye out on that one. Blackhawks in action tonight in Philly. They will take on the Flyers. The Philly, uh, the, the not the Phillies, the uh, Flyers are uh, strong favorites in this one. Blackhawks are just not good on the road. Ugh, and over under six. With puck line, minus 130, might not be too bad for you. Let's get on to Best Bets tonight. Kind of a mixed bag yesterday evening. Uh, we thought that, I, in my gut, I knew that was too many points for Ohio State, but I'll be honest with you, I'm surprised they walk away with the L yesterday. Uh, we do get the about double-double, though, so it's uh, a little bit of a wash yesterday uh, on our hoops action. So uh, let's take a look at what we want to do this evening. Uh, I will tell you this first and foremost— uh, if you use my friends over at DraftKings, they've got a nice little they got a nice little promo here for you tonight. Opt in, and you can get yourself a Big Ten Super Boost. Get Purdue to win by five plus, and Michigan and Maryland to combine for hundred and thirty-five points plus, boosted to plus one hundred. If you're wondering what that over/under is right now, it's sitting at 142, so you're getting a seven-point premium, and you're getting what uh, eight, eight and a half points free from Purdue. So you got that promo going on right there. That one looks pretty good. And when it comes to Purdue here tonight, I they they're not a great team against the spread. They are seven, ten, and one against the spread. Minnesota's not that much better. It's 6-9-1. But we're seeing a trend. There's a lot of hype in, in betting with Purdue that they seem to never really catch up to. This was at 14, and in my gut thought that was a little bit too much. Even though Minnesota is bad, I get it. Worst team in the Big Ten. I'm a little bit nervous about covering 14 points. When these two teams played back in early December, I mean, Purdue was just, Purdue was on such a roll. They won by 19 at home in Mackey. If they got up by that much, I'm definitely scared about a little bit of a backdoor cover. I will say this. I'm shocked at 133. For the over-under right now. I, this this screams over to me. And that might actually be my play. Because I'm worried about 14 points. Of course, Zach Eaton can go off and be an animal like he was last time with 22 some odd boards and what do you have, like 23 points? It was some insane stat line. Each of the last nine games between Purdue and Minnesota have gone over that uh, 135 and a half. Purdue's, I, I mean, that that just, that feels low to you, doesn't it? Purdue combined for 127 against Michigan State. They were, let's see here, that's uh, 128 against Nebraska. Penn State, we cleared that one with uh, 139. Ohio State, 140. Rutgers, 129. That's your last five for Purdue. Meanwhile, Minnesota has given up totals of 78, 81, uh, 67 against Ohio State, 63 against Wisconsin, two teams that aren't scoring. I might have to jump on the over for this one. I said, these two teams combined back at the beginning of December for and, uh, what, 159? Is it a hundred and what one hundred and fifty nine, so the fifteen point difference in the barn tonight. They'll still have no answer for Edie, who again put up thirty one and twenty two on them in Mackey. But I think low key Minnesota's been looking a little bit better and better. the The home game against Illinois not great. I'd like to see their guards do a little bit better, but Garcia and Cooper. I think really stretch out here. They could score from the perimeter. And I didn't even mention Dawson. I'm sorry, I did mention um, Dawson Garcia um, at 15 and a half points per game. That's eighth best in the Big Ten. I, I, I like our guard play, but let's face it, where Purdue has had issues at times so far has been against teams that have very strong guard play. So yeah, I'm I'm freaked out a little bit about that. I think I'll play the over. I think Purdue can get up there. I wish we had more up here for your same game parlays. I just don't. Ethan Morton over two and a half assists. Fletcher Lawyer over two and a half assists. I wouldn't hate the Ethan Morton thing, to be honest with you, because I think they'll continue to dump it into the inside um, against you know, a, a Minnesota team that they're, they're not going to be able to stop Zach Eadie. It's just not going to happen. Ethan's a little bit in a mini slump here to shooting. He's not put up the points for you lately. No points against Michigan State, three points against Nebraska, no points against Penn State. He struggled as of late. So maybe this is one where he just kind of dumps it in and uh, we see what happens. That's a little bit of a lottery ticket, but at least that's plus money. As for the rest of the big 10 games tonight, uh, honestly have not done a ton of due diligence. Rutgers on the road is not as good as Rutgers at home on the weekend, but they will play defense. Both those teams should play some defense. Rutgers has actually won the first half in each of its last nine games against non-AP-ranked opponents. Michigan State has won each of its last eight Thursday games at home. That's a tight one. 126 the over-under. Ugh. Michigan-Maryland tonight, I I feel like this is a time where Michigan needs to make a move, but at the same time, it seems like everybody that gets into that third spot there in the Big Ten, and we start talking about them, they find ways to fall off. I don't even think they have a road, they have one road win Michigan does in the Big Ten, and that was at Minnesota. They've lost at Michigan State. They lost at Iowa, but they've won home games against Northwestern and Penn State and this Maryland team who they utterly embarrassed at home 81 to 46. I feel like they fight back tonight, but two and a half is too narrow of a margin for me in that one. So I'm out. IU in Illinois. What do you do with this one? Six and a half at Champaign. And Trace Jackson Davis will probably do pretty good on the inside, but outside of that, I'm failing to see where Indiana's got a whole lot of advantage anywhere. You know, they had that nice gutsy performance against a Wisconsin team that can't score. 63-45. 63 to 45. They needed it on Saturday, but can they turn that into a road victory against the Illini? I, I'm not seeing that here tonight. Over under is 145. I like Terrence Shannon Jr. when he when he gets it going. He looks like one of the best players in the conference. Trace is solid on the interior but Illinois can score and I feel like Indiana struggles against teams that can score Iowa Penn State both road games both teams that can score I think this does not bode it doesn't bode well here for IU cuz they're just not going to be able to stop Illinois who scores the fourth most points in the conference they play much better defense than Indiana as well. That one could get out of control in Champaign. We're going to take a break. When we come back here, I got uh, Bobby Buckets up next year. Let's talk to him about this game. I said I'm a little bit worried about it. I don't think Purdue loses, but this could get a little bit too close for comfort at times. We'll talk with him about that, the ending of the Michigan State game and more. Stick around. More Hammerdown Show next on 101. <laughs> All right, welcome back. This is the Down Show, 1017 The Hammer, 1017 com. We're over to the Blue Fox Eating Cooling Hammerhead Hotline. Your buddy Bobby Buckets is back on with us. Uh, the other half of the uh, Purdue Radio Broadcast team with Rob Blackman joins us here as Purdue gets set for Minnesota here tonight up in uh, Williams Arena, which that's a place that always makes Purdue fans cringe a little bit, right? Uh, it, just, it, it doesn't necessarily have the best history in the world when Purdue fans think about it, but uh, they'll take on a uh, Minnesota team that... Uh, I'll be honest, Bob. I uh I got a little bit more respect for him right now than I did at the beginning of the season. I mean, battle's still a guy. These guys really haven't given up yet either. Uh and I love their coach there too. I, I think they're building something. They're quite a ways away, but um they're they're still fighting at this point of the season and you haven't really seen that a lot, uh, the, the previous couple of seasons. Uh they can be a little dangerous tonight if Purdue's not careful.
0: I, I totally agree on that, I think. You know, they're a team right now who's probably got a little bit more pep in their step coming off that nice road when they had at Ohio State not that long ago. Um, you know, they they came home and really gave Illinois a good battle for the the first half. And then Illinois was able to push it out in the second half and and cruise to a victory. But you know, they've played some pretty good basketball here uh, as of late. And you know, they got, you know, certainly some offensive weapons kind of in their three headed monster with. Jamison Battle, Dawson Garcia, and Talon Cooper, and those three guys are their three double-digit scores and can all, you know, have shown that they can get hot and, and go off at any given time. So if Purdue's not hooked up and if Purdue lets Minnesota get their head up early in the game and hang around, uh, you definitely make yourself susceptible to uh, having the upset be pulled off on you.
1: And, and when I look at what they've done in Big Ten play here, um, you know, obviously – uh, they came into Mackey in early December and and got whooped up on. But you look at the 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 win uh, or the game at Wisconsin that one went, went down to the wire. That was a three point loss, OT at home against Nebraska. And then um, you, they talked about that first uh, that first uh, half against uh, Illinois. Uh, they do get the W against Ohio State. Uh, but the Wisconsin, Nebraska, and Illinois games. I mean, those are some slightly more guard oriented. Teams, whereas Ohio State, you know, tends to have that size. See you know, Sensabaugh and, and Key and stuff. Although uh, I, can't, I think Key, that was his first game back, was uh, that that game against Ohio State. Uh, against Ohio State, there. Um, I guess my point here is I'm a little bit worried because it seems like teams with the bigger inside presence they have had success with, but then the the teams that are more guard oriented that seems to be where they're the problem, and that seems to be the antithesis really of uh, what I expect out of Purdue.
0: Sure. I mean, it, it's definitely an interesting matchup just because, you know, they have, um, you know, some bigs that can really shoot the ball. And so, you know, Zach Edey, of course, is an elite defender and has been this year. But a lot of that, of course, coming near the rim and protecting the paint, he hasn't been forced to guard too many opposing bigs that can really shoot the basketball at a high clip from long distance. So uh, even though Garcia is not shooting a great percentage from three, you know, he's shown throughout his career that, can get hot from long distance, and so having that guy who can play the center position, who can really shoot, uh, you know, could certainly pose some problems for Purdue, especially if he's able to, you know, pick and pop and create some space in the ball screen action and cause Zach Eady to have you know a long recovery. Then you know he can either shoot the three, or if Zach's closing out hard, he can put the ball on the floor and get past him and and get into the teeth of the defense and cause issues for Purdue. So that will be something interesting to see. I mean. In the first matchup, Zach was obviously extremely successful—31 points, 22 rebounds—in our home victory against the Gophers earlier this year. And and Dawson Garcia was in a lot of foul trouble, so that's you know something that if Minnesota wants to have success tonight, they're going to have to hope you know they're able to keep Garcia in battle and those guys out of foul trouble. But that's obviously the conundrum that Zach Eadie puts the opposition in because he's just so big, and you know we're we're featuring him pretty much every possession, and so he's able to put. You know, guys like a Dawson Garcia who are substantially undersized against Zach, you know, into foul trouble often because they're having to exert so much force and energy to try to battle him that a lot of times they'll get hit with some foul trouble issues. So that'll certainly be Purdue's goal is to try to get their bigs and foul trouble once again and take those more talented offensive players off the floor so they can't burn the boilers on the other end.
1: We're talking with Bobby Riddell here on the Hammerhead Hotline. I'm glad you brought up big men in the foul situation because. You know, uh, Tom Izzo made a very, very big stink uh, about uh, Zach Eadie's performance uh, and the uh, lack of foul calls with him. I, I said, that's pretty rich from a guy who used to have Draymond Green and, and Nick Ward down low and uh, complained about them getting calls. But um, I think there's going to be this new narrative, and, and tell me if you agree with me here. Uh, the, the man's only averaging, what, one, one and a half fouls maybe per game so far this season? which is in stark contrast to what we know as Purdue fans uh, our big men normally get, right? I mean, we've gone through it with Hammonds and Haas and um, with uh, you know Matt Harms, uh, with Biggie. Uh, we tend to not get the benefit of the doubt, but Zach Eadie all of a sudden has been getting the benefit of the doubt. I'm wondering if that's not going to change going forward over this last month of the Big Ten season with the uh, kind of stink that's going to be raised by guys like us, because so, they can't stop them. They've got to do something. And the only something it is, I feel like, is they got to get him off the court in foul trouble. So I feel like there'll be like a new narrative really pushing this. Uh, what do you think about that? And are you surprised at just how few of fouls he gets called for in a game?
0: Yeah, hopefully that's not a trend that, you know, flips on its head or anything anytime soon. Um, you know, I feel like there's enough sample size out this year that clearly Zach's doing something right. Like, if, you know, it's not like we have the same officiating crew game in, game out. You know, we've seen – you know, new officials, game in, game out, and and obviously, with the way they've officiated us, they they felt like Zach's done a good job of not fouling. So, hopefully, there's enough sample size out there that that's just Zach doing a great job of, you know, using his uh, his size and his length and going straight up around the rim and making sure he uses that verticality or rule that they allow those bigs to do around the rim. And then from an offensive standpoint, I feel like he's done a much better job of not you know, clearing out high with his elbows, you know, when he's been doing moves, um, you know, that might hit the opposition in the face or neck area that he's gotten offensive fouls for in the past and uh, doing a good job setting legal screens and and things of that nature. So hopefully it's just Zach becoming an experienced player and playing at a high level versus, you know, the reps missing calls. But, you know, every player, of course, is going to have calls go against them or for them at times throughout the year. But uh, hopefully – that, that trend doesn't uh, change because, um, you know, Purdue as a whole, not just Zach. Purdue as a whole has done such a great job not fouling. We've actually allowed the fewest free throw attempts uh, per game in, um, in the entire country. So Purdue, uh, that's part of what's allowed Purdue's defense to be so successful this year. Is Even though we're one of the worst teams in the country at creating turnovers on defense, we're, we're one of the best at uh, not fouling and not getting teams into the bonus. And not allowing them to live at the foul line, so we've been able to make up for some of the lack of turnovers on that end. With one, not turning it over on offense, we're one of the best in not turning it over offense. But then defensively, we we play solid, good positional defense without fouling.
1: We're talking with Bobby Riddell here on the uh, Hammerhead Hotline. I want to go back to the uh, ending of that Michigan State game. Um, you know, we've got that inbound before uh, we get it into Zach there, and it seemed like we had gotten the ball in from the baseline and down the court. Then all of a sudden Michigan State's on the floor. This is how we're seeing it on the TV, on the floor, and then we hear all of a sudden that there was a uh, a timeout call. It seemed rather chaotic. I, I couldn't hear a whistle on the TV. Kind of go back to that uh, moment there. What do you recall uh, I know fans are kind of on Izzo. They feel like he takes a lot of liberties with that coach's box, gets out on the floor a little bit too much type deal, maybe should be kind of pushed back into that thing. But uh, d- did you hear a whistle there? Did that seem like that was all on the level at the end there?
0: It was certainly odd. Uh, you know, from a radio standpoint, you know, we have those headsets on, and so sometimes it can be a little tough to pick up some of those uh, sounds, whether that's the fan noise or, you know, whistles and things of that nature. Uh so, yeah, it was definitely weird, though, because obviously, certainly some people on the floor may not have heard it either, um, but the way Michigan State's bench reacted, you know, the way they were walking on the court or whatever, they certainly felt like a timeout was called, so I'm not sure what exactly transpired, but, uh, yeah, Tom, Tom certainly likes to get animated from time to time throughout the game, um, but that's just uh, that's his style that you know he's developed over the years, and um, it was certainly a, a nice win for Purdue to be able to go into the President Center and get that one, especially because of the team that was you know, nipping at our heels in the uh, big-time standings.
1: Yeah, now a uh, game clear here of the uh, rest of the conference and hoping to put some more distance if they can get the W tonight uh, against uh, Minnesota up there at the barn. Uh, Purdue will be uh, sitting pretty here in the uh, Big Ten standings with a uh, Sunday matchup, the Hammerdown Cancer matchup on Sunday at uh, Mackey Arena. By the way, uh, the Boilers 3-0 and all time in the Hammerdown Cancer games uh, in Mackey as well. So uh, we'll keep our fingers crossed for that. Bobby, hey, it would be a great one tonight. Uh, we, we enjoy listening to you and Rob. You guys do such a great job. And uh, can't thank you enough for taking some time out of your game day here to uh, talk a little bit of basketball with us. But thanks so much.
0: No problem, Jerry. Appreciate it.
1: Big thanks to the old Bobby Buckets there. It's the Hammer Down Show on 1017 The Hammer, 1017thehammer.com. Still have these tickets up for grabs for you. Purdue and Michigan State next Sunday, Mackey Arena. It is sold out. Text BOILERUP to 765-447-4080, and uh, we'll get you a chance to win these, okay? That's BOILERUP to 765-447-4080. I'll get you in the running to win these uh, tickets here. We'll draw out a winner at the end of the show. Just text BOILERUP to 765-447-4080, and you will get to see Tom Izzo throw multiple fits, I'm sure, live and in person. I mean, that's that's worth the price of admission right there, which I'd like to stress in this moment is free if you win the tickets. <laughs> so there you go. Oh, gosh. Said uh, in his in his coach's uh, show, uh, I saw the clip there, basically called that little uh, dust-up with and Sissoko there an MMA fight. Not being too dramatic at all, are we? Yeah, come on. You need to be loud. Get your face in the place of the game against Michigan State. So, again, 765-447-4080. Just text me a boiler up, and uh, we'll draw a winner after the show. Uh, big thanks to Bobby there. Yeah, you know, I am a little bit concerned about this uh, game here tonight. And Dustin Garcia is a uh, is a darn good player. He's shooting forty-five percent right now on the season. I mean, and then you go over to, uh, to to Cooper, their guard, who puts up uh, eleven points a game, but he's shooting forty-seven uh, percent right now. That's uh, you know that's something that you could possibly worry about here, but this is not a team that scores in bunches. This is not a team that rebounds well. Purdue has been traditionally able to take advantage of these poor rebounding teams uh, like them. Uh, Penn State, another team that just, you know, they don't have any interior defense and they sure as heck can't rebound. Minnesota allows the most rebounds to its opponents, almost uh, 38 a game that they give up. I mean, they're just—they're—they're they're not good on—they're—they're they're not going to be good on the glass here tonight. Well, Purdue also leads the league in offensive rebounds. Minnesota is second to last in team defensive rebounds. That's where it probably comes back down to here tonight. Go back to the game in December. Jameson Battle was back and. You know that was the leading score. Cooper, uh, with 15. Garcia only had six in that game. Shot three of eight, 0 oh, for three from three, and fouled out. That'll happen when you uh, have to get in there and mix it up with Zach Eady. Now that's another key. A lot like Bobby said, uh, that's what Purdue's going to want to do is is get these forwards in trouble. So they can't play that small ball and, and, and step out, similar to you know, what Michigan State tried to do. You know, Minnesota does have the forwards to be able to do that, I think, in Garcia and battle. But Cooper's, still, Cooper's still that X-factor, that guy that I feel like could take off. And he's done pretty well the last four games here. 16 against Illinois, 13 against Ohio State, 16 against Nebraska, or 16 against Wisconsin. And he's been shooting the three at a good clip here too. 50% against Illinois, 66% against Ohio State, 50% against Nebraska, and he was perfect against Wisconsin. Those are the areas that tend to concern me here this evening. Um, and it also goes back to the narrative that I talked about earlier in this week, that Tom Izzo is going to make a, is trying to make as big a stink about Zach Eady as he possibly can. That this man only gets you know a foul and a half a game. That's what he commits. As Bobby also pointed out to you too, he's been very disciplined. He's great with the footwork. He's sure not to. Throw elbows because, you know, when he gets the ball up, his elbows are right there, who's ever defending him's head. He's been very good working on that stuff. But the key for anybody is to just get him off the floor, and the only way you get him off the floor is to get him in foul trouble. <laughs> Trey Kopp and ren came in uh, in that Michigan State game, and I feel like with his fouls, that was such a curse for Michigan State because it forced Edie back out there even more, and they were they had no answer for Edie. Now Matt Painter does not want to play a ton of minutes on Zach Edie, but he doesn't have to. But like for Trey to get a little bit more run, and maybe he'll get some more in here tonight. I, you know, won't be shocked if uh, he gets his fair share as long as he stays out of foul trouble. But still, this is a Minnesota team that just, it hasn't mailed it in lately. At least, I don't feel like that they've mailed it in lately. They have fought. Uh, They've lost, don't get me wrong. But they haven't gone quietly. And also, I, I feel like three out of the last four games that have been close for them, Ohio State is, that's the last time Ohio State won. You know, Nebraska you know, doesn't blow you away. Wisconsin, uh, I don't know that they, did they have Tyler Wall in that game at Wisconsin? Were they uh, w- uh, they lost sixty three to sixty? I don't think they did. No, he was in for that. Well, that's the that's the game he got hurt. So th- there's three games there where it's been real real tight, but. Not exactly the, the the cream here. Illinois has been getting better. They're on the upswing. They've got the talent that's more believable. I'm just saying that if you take the eye off the old proverbial ball tonight against Minnesota, that is trouble. Purdue hasn't been the strongest first-half team here over the last several games as well. Let's not forget about that. They've been so much better in the second half of games. They were up just by two against Michigan State. We're up 11 against Nebraska. They trailed by six to Penn State. Trailed by three at Ohio State. All games where they were, you know, pretty solid favorites in too. I just haven't liked the performance early on here, but Purdue weathers that and then comes out and and is just so great in that first 10 minutes, first five to 10 minutes in the second half. Maybe that's what makes it look so bad in the first is they're so good coming out of the gates in the second half. Maybe it's something to take in consideration tonight. But Purdue, Minnesota, 7 o'clock, ESPN 2 tonight. We'll see if Garcia can be more of a factor this time. Still scared of Cooper maybe going off. Battle, wild card. We'll see what happens. But Purdue, the heavy favorite in this one, 13 and a half. I'm taking the over. I don't know if i like Purdue to cover 14 points tonight. All right, we're going to take our final break. When we come back, the things we miss We'll wrap up the Hammer Down Show. Keep those texts coming in. You want to win the Michigan State tickets next Sunday, Mackey Arena? Text BOILERUP, 765-447-4080. That's 765-447-4080. I got the hookup on those tickets here. We'll get a winner at the end of the show, which is coming up here in just a few. On 1017, the Hammer, one. 101- <laughs> Back on the Hammerdown Show, if you missed our talk with uh, Mr. Bobby Riddell, Bobby Buckets, uh, don't worry, we'll get the whole show posted up for you here afterwards. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Twitter page, Facebook page, it'll all be up there for you to uh, download and listen to, stream, whatever the heck it is that you do. Still got my tickets here for Purdue and Michigan State. Mackey Arena Sunday, the 29th, it is sold out. Text up to 765-447-4080. We'll get you in the running for those tickets. Okay, I'll draw out a winner here at the end of the show. That's BoilerUp, 765-447-4080. Send those texts in, and uh, I will get you that chance. All right, couple minutes left. Let's get into the things that we may have missed. Uh, John Harbaugh says there's a 200% chance Lamar Jackson stays with the Ravens. Uh, GM also saying Eric DaCosta that he will be a part of the new OC search after they let go of their offensive coordinator, and I'm torn between what to think about this for two reasons here. Okay, let me tell you why I'm torn here. One, if you would like to keep this man happy, I would think that you would bring him in on this, uh, you, you know, on this OC search. At least take his input. You get somebody who really likes you're in the middle of this free agency thing with him. You get it taken care of, right? You make him happy. Maybe it makes negotiations a little bit easier. On the other side of that, I would say for the money that he is asking, guaranteed, what he wants, and all of it guaranteed, I'll pick the OC that I want and you can deal with it. If you want $200 million, and you want it all guaranteed? You're, you're you're done complaining. I don't want to hear anything. I'm paying you the largest guaranteed amount of money in the history of this sport. That, that that's it. You forfeit some privileges. I feel like at that point, it's not up to you. You can't have both. <laughs> I'm not. Look, if it's me, I'm not paying them all the money. I'm just, I'm, I'm not. I think if you're Baltimore, you remember all the money he gave to Joe Flacco after they won the Super Bowl? Remember that? How'd they do after that? They were terrible, terrible locked into that huge contract. Couldn't build anything around them. He wants the money. I think I'll make the rest of the decisions. Thanks so much. Uh, the Illinois student section, they've, they've leaked out their... Chant sheet for tonight. I see this a lot where student sections, they'll do a little research. Uh, they want to um, you kind of be on the same page on what the you know little sing-song chants and things like that. So they release this on Indiana. I'll read some of the stuff on here for you. Trace Jackson Davis, fun fact, has progressively gotten worse over the last three years. Jordan Geronimo, he's going to get us our free nuggets. Miller Cop. Too dumb for Northwestern, so he left. Jalen hood Shafino averages three turnovers a game. Mike Woodson, bro, looks like great value. Steve Harvey <laughs> seems harsh. Uh, under their Indiana Facts, most overhyped school in the country preseason, now 11th of the big. Can't argue with that. Fans are brutal to them online. Uh, they will do a your fans hate you clap, 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 clap chant at one point apparently tonight. Only claim the fame is a business school that isn't even in the top 20 anymore. Apparently, you haven't listened to them yell banners at you. Uh, Haven't had a player drafted in the last three years. That's a little harsh. Bloomington stinks so much, they have a scooter curfew. Look, these are norm. These are par for the course now for a lot of student sections. I just... It's still a little bit weird, isn't it? That somebody's taking the time and putting this stuff all together. And some of these things, and I know IU does this too. Some of them get deeply personal. Like cross a line with things. To remind you about some of the stuff they chanted at Isaac Cost down at Bloomington. They are what they are, I guess. I'm not losing my mind over it. I don't know why fan bases lose their mind over it. This seems common practice for a majority of uh, the student sections these days. Some of them go way over the line, I think. But I'm not losing my mind on social media. And then finally... Here comes slap fighting, power slapping, whatever the heck they're calling this. This is coming to TBS. More clips circulating today on the internet with it. And I'm sorry. I We've reached, we've reached a low here. It's brutal if you haven't seen it. You're literally standing there waiting to get slapped upside the face. And you're going back and forth on this. Uh, Some would say, you know, boxing's brutal, MMA is brutal. I also have a chance to defend myself. I'm openly taking a shot to the side of my head. No protection. I can't defend against it ever. At least there I've got a fighting chance. Here... This just seems openly way too brutal. I'm 100% out on it. I'm not betting on it. I'm not watching it. I find it really distasteful. It's bad. All right, best of luck to our boilers tonight. We'll draw a winner out for these uh, Purdue-Michigan State tickets. That does it for the Hammerdown Show.